One. Hey. Welcome. Oh. <laughs> Welcome, Morning Minutes with myself, Michael Bergio, Mark Novak, coming live, episode 201, talking about arrears, end of lease, termination, vacant properties, residential, commercial. Mm. When do we start looking for a new tenant? Arrears is big, especially now, eh, Mark? Everyone's talking. Well, we got what? Uh, how many weeks till first of September? We're, getting, we're coming uh, five, six weeks away from that, and people are really, really concerned about how the economy, how people are going to survive, um, and so mortgage arrears is going to go a bit uh, potentially go a bit skew if. Uh, Tenant, commercial tenant arrears are going to go a bit skew if and residential tenant arrears are going to go a bit skew if question is how much is has been stuffed into people's coffers uh while they've had this um landlords having mortgage-free periods and tenants um having rent rent um rents reduced how much have they stuffed into their coffer for uh later yeah, so first, that's that. So basically, the no termination, the subsidy, all that ends. Is that first of September, Mark? Is it? Yeah, yeah. You haven't been able to get, ask a tenant to leave a property um, until first uh, of September. So a lot of vacates are coming up potentially. Yeah. And um, good morning, Nikki, Lisa, Luke, Alessio. Uh, it's good to have you all on um, this beautiful morning. So I reckon, well, general rule of thumb, we I learned sort of early days from a lot of key landlords who, especially with commercial arrears, um, sort of rule on thumb as bad as the sound was really that two month period, one month, um, when you sort of get to those, that, that type of arrears, that's when you're in a real big danger area. Um, yep. Because it's very hard for them to catch up. And what's your feel on residential? Like putting away legislation on what you can do, just in your experience, when do you find it's a bit of a danger period where a lot of tenants, once they get there, they just don't catch up and you need to look at other strategies to ease in the burden, you could say? Look, it's weeks. Um, we had through COVID, we had about, uh, we've, we've got over 1,500 tenants. And we had about 55 tenants uh, qualify for um, a job keeper where they wanted to have their rent adjusted um, through this period. So um, surprisingly, not a big, a big number. Um, not, not a big number, surprisingly. Now, some landlords did it without um, help, helped tenants without that qualification of, of um, job that, that weren't on the job keeper program. Um, so there's a bit more than that, but, um, I reckon once you get to about two weeks as a tenant, because it's, it's a cash flow question. You've not only got to come up with your regular payment, but you gotta, you gotta come up with extra payment. Um, so potentially if you go bad for six months, the next six months, you're going to double, I mean, bad as in zero, the next yeah, six and that's months, the thing, your rent's going to be double. Because rent's usually 20 to 30% of your income. And if you don't pay it one week, then in theory, it's 60% of your income and you've still got other bills. So something's yeah. got to give. And there's um, not many businesses that profit that much to be able to make that move. Yeah. 
and I have so 55 qualified, but I reckon there would have been a couple hundred apply, especially or at least say they qualified, wouldn't it, Mark? There was a lot of people just I saying, about half. I reckon. <laughs> I reckon we probably had a in, in terms of phone calls, emails, we probably had about half of the a third to a half of the portfolio make requests to the landlords. Yes. Um, and then, you know, a lot of the landlords just wanted to see, see proof and paperwork, which didn't come through. Yeah. Okay. So with, all right. So with Ariz, what's then advice with now, when do you start? Let's, let's maybe go commercial, um, to start with. And yep. when would you start looking for a tenant or let's say you've got a tenant in that couple months out there. What, what are some options? Um, you've seen landlords do, or what would you recommend? Look, I think I think as a landlord, it's it, there's no issue overlapping your tenancy, so you don't have to. I was at a landlord's property on Friday, and they strongly felt about the tenant moving out uh, before they started even advertising, and they strongly felt that works get done to the property before they even started to advertise it. I, I think the more you can overlap as a landlord from your new tenancy looking at the property to your old tenancy living in the property and moving out of the property. Mm. I think the more you can actually overlap, the better it is to you to increase your chances to find um, the right tenant at the right price. But and I believe, are a, bit, a bit funny that way. Yeah. And yeah, they are, it's almost like they want, they don't, they want one before they start one thing, they want one to yeah. be over, but that's not the yeah. best. But I think, first of all, communication is the most important thing when it comes to vacancy, end of lease, termination, or anything. Communication yeah. with your owner, agent, and tenant will solve 80% of the issues or worrying will be communication. Now, a big strategy that a lot of, um, I think more so in commercial than residential, Owners are really willing to work with the tenants and come to a solution through a communication. And that could be a payment plan, a structure that way, mainly because with commercial market could be one month, six months, 12 months to locate a new tenant. Yeah. So there is a little bit, a little bit unlike residential where it's just like kick them out and we'll find a new one in two weeks because somehow vacancy can be zero to 14 days, but it's pretty quick. So sometimes it is a little bit like, let's rip the bandaid off that one and get a new one in sort of thing. But with commercial, it can be quite hard to find um, a tenant. So you really want to know there's no chance there before you rip the bandaid off and kick them out. Now, one thing um, a lot a lot of owners do where as soon as there's been acknowledgement that they're struggling, then they will have that communication with the tenant and say, hey, we want you to stay, but it could take six months to find a new tenant. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put the property for lease, start communicating with other tenants, see if there's someone to take it. Now, yep. if this is done wrongly, it can piss off the tenant, blow up the deal, and they just leave. And if it's done correctly, everybody's happy. Now, it's delicate. It's del very, very delicate. Now, and, and I'll give you an example of it done wrongly. Yeah. They're in arrears two months. There's been no communication. And then next week, there's a four-leaf sign on the front, and it's up for advertisement, and there's been no communication. Then the tenant feels like, well, F you. You don't even care. I'm just going to leave. That's wrong. 
or they dig their hills in and then it's very hard to get them out and they go, well, this is the legislation, you got to do this, you got to do this. And they make it very difficult. They don't give access for new tenants. Now, where a way I've had great dialogue and experience is, one is the acknowledgement. You're in arrears, you're in arrears. You've got to acknowledge it. Um, and then it goes, well, we would like you to stay. We want to work with you, but we've also got to be working in the worst case scenario, finding a new tenant. Now, the way I've seen landlords and how I give reassurance is we say to them, let's say we do get a great offer to take the property. We're going to come to you first and give you the opportunity to cover your arrears or catch up and basically meet your meet the um, uh, meet your lease and do good that way, rather than saying goodbye. Here's the termination. We found a new tenant. We're going to give you that opportunity, and that really makes people feel better because one, they sort of feel like, well, it's going to be pretty hard to find a tenant, so I've got time. But if they do, if you do find a tenant. Because I have many properties, you think it's going to take six months and then next week you've got a, a tenant. You give them the last opportunity because you sort of say you've been a great tenant up until now. We understand you spent a lot of money here. We don't want to do wrong by you, but we need to also look out for the owner's best interest. And I find, Mark, that little delicate conversation, that communication can really set the tone through this difficult period, not just for the tenants, but also the owners. They're both struggling. Like a lot of the time, this income is the owner's income. So both are hurting. you got to, um, uh, and I think as an owner and as a tenant, I think cash flows are really, really, um, everyone's focused on the rent, the rent now, the rent now, the rent now, the rent now, how much is the rent now, the rent now, but the cash flow is just as critical. And how many landlords I would speak with, with probably happens more on the residential side than mm. the commercial side. But how many landlords I speak with that are just fixated with the rental figure? Yeah. Vacancy is so important in terms of cash flow. Vacancy arrears is so important in terms of cash flow. Quality of tenant is so important in terms of the cash flow because if they're it's not a good tenant, they're not going to generate the cash flow. So as a landlord, I urge all landlords to have a good look around over your numbers and amortize them over a mm. year because i think that the advanced landlords are very good at doing that they will look at yeah. that and another thing that um and make no mistake it this is not a property manager's job this is a salesperson's job and yeah. so a great property manager can be a bit of a salesperson as well which is a rare animal um but a, a great salesperson will also consider that the um, the ability to pay that to, the ability to pay that rent back, the potential vacancy, the relet cost. Um, a yes. landlord straight away gonna the the vacancy if that property is vacant for for um, if it's residential and it's vacant for three or four weeks, uh, you get a one week letting fee for the property. You've got some marketing or advertising it uh, you know on that. That's all, yeah, and that's it's a bugger. It's a bugger. And when tenants have to move in, another thing people have got to consider is when tenants have to move in, guess what? They've got to give notice where they're moving out of. Yeah. So often, exactly. often they're, not, they're not going to jump into a residential property that same day that they've signed a lease. They often want to give 
three weeks notice of where they're moving out of or with commercial they want to give three months notice of where they're moving out of to do a fit out yeah and you're exactly right with um there a lot of landlords and now if you look at the commercial ex, um, example let's just say for example the tenant needs 20% off for a couple for a month or two let's say COVID for example it's happened they just need that sort of relief that um, relief when you really look at the cost of finding a new tenant and the vacancy commercial six month vacancy you've got this letting fees a lot more substantial than residential it's normally 10% of the first year's rent so if you're taking a 100 grand lease that's ten thousand dollars uh, six month vacancies worth 50,000 and that could and sometimes you may just do a deal on that rental figure to keep the tenant in there as well but also Mark I tell you what really struggles with owners um, sometimes the owners they keep the property vacant because they're trying to hit this figure and they're sometimes not looking at how long it's empty for and they just want Cash 650 flow. a week like it's some Cash yeah it, it's i think that's the vacancy yeah. it's they i think people don't look at it as much as they should with that vacancy and days on market they don't and look the reason i've got the r there that's the reason i've got the ass behind me there he is there's the pussycat <laughs> and there's the ass because some people are asses i'll tell you where there's some other people that are asses with tenants um which ruined it for the tenants that were genuinely affected is people that genuinely didn't qualify. Um, yes. A lot of a lot of commercial tenants or a lot of um, residential tenants. Um, the government made it really clear that if you're affected by a certain percentage, um, if you're affected by a certain percentage, then you do have the ability to to ask and potentially get some sort of rent reduction. That now the amount of people that actually ruined it for the other people uh, or made it hard in the industry was was a bit ridiculous. So there were, I think, a lot of tenants tried it on for size, didn't mm. qualify, but that took all that took all the all the all our attention away from the people that actually needed it real fast. Yeah. So un, un, unfortunately. And it took up a lot of resources. And unfortunately, like I've heard the example of a couple of businesses now going out of business because um, they didn't get the, they didn't get, well, they didn't get as, help, as much help as they needed from a landlord or the landlord didn't want to. And now they're closing up the doors because the one thing, unfortunately, I stress to a lot of people out there, the commercial market's been pretty strong, uh, been very hard for the last 12 months and retail and the economy. Our interest rates are low, not because economy is good. <laughs> Our interest rates are low because business retail is not that strong. And that relates to small businesses. And I, there was a couple, there was, a, I think majority of landlords were really understanding um, and tried to work with tenants, but there were some mark that were, very tough, and now I've I've seen those tenants they close up shop, and it's it, it's disappointing because you're right. A lot of people asked when they didn't need it, um, and that really hurts a lot of people who do need it. Because normally the most loudest it, yeah. voices, yeah, normally the louder voices are the people who don't need it, and the people who really do are the quietest. They're struggling in silence. Yeah, look, it's it's amazing, and another thing, guys and girls, like. 
it's it's something that I uh, um, got any questions out there. Uh, just Lisa Berg, great information, very informative. Thank you very much, Lisa. You're, you're a star. You're, you're always coming on. Um, Luke Maroney, cash buffer, super important. Uh, then we've got yeah. GY areas shouldn't be as affected as is more affordable, question mark. I think everyone was affected in all different ways. I think probably the more affordable. Well, GY's got a lot of tourists. We've got a lot of young um, demographic 25 to 35 and a lot of them are studying working hospitality so it was it was pretty well I think it was GY was just as much as it affected but the rental levels were at a level that JobKeeper you could do a bit of both where you could still pay rent and and eat where if you're in a property that you're paying two thousand dollars a week in rent JobKeeper did nothing for you it's 600 bucks doesn't even cover half the week where there's a lot that sort of medium price on most of the northern beaches a lot of people think dy is cheap but it's it's very it's northern beaches is very even mark if you look at a two better in dy two better in queenscliff two better in freshy two better in arabine it's it's really quite even across the board even when you look at other parts of sydney like i was yeah. um i was in Rhodes the other day and um, I was there was a new a, fa a fairly new one better for rent. A client's son just rented five hundred a week. It's fairly consistent with what we're what we're paying as well, and that's roads. Um, yeah. So no, it's interesting. But guys, an another thing as well with these with these businesses that that um, that have been affected. Uh, some of them have been affected because they've just purely been shut down as an industry. Yeah. Some of them have been affected because people's habits have permanently changed. And retail is something that people's habits have been changing for probably a good 10 years now. Yeah. And, and COVID amplified those, those habit changes even more so. Um, I know uh, Lisa had an experience the other day in a, in a uh, I think it was David Jones or Meyer, and um, she's buying some work shoes and she said, oh, could I try these? And they said, um, oh no, that's a different section. Hmm. It's over there. That's over there. So she went up, she walked over there and she's waiting there five minutes. And then she's, and then she's another lady going past and she said, oh, excuse me, I just want to see if you've got this size. And she said, actually, I don't work in this section. Oh, yeah. And it's like, yeah. really? And then, and then they're having a meeting. There's about eight of them, 10 of them having a meeting huddled over in the corner. <laughs> Lisa, so Lisa walks over and rips a new arsehole um, yeah. out of it, and she says, "Excuse me, what are you training for?" And they said, yeah. um, "And then they they looked at her and she said, are you training for customer service?'" And they said, "Well, that's part of the, that's part of the conversation." She said, and then she, she ripped it, and uh, and the point of the conversation was, I could have just gone online and bought this on my couch. Yeah, you know, why? Why would I turn up? <laughs> turn up here because guess what the lady said. Even when when they she finally did get service, uh, the lady said, "No, we don't have that size, but we may have it in another store." Yeah. Would you Would you like me to get them in? And I think we've all heard that before. Yeah, all the time. Right. So, and I was saying, Lisa, how it should go is, yes, I'll just take your payment for that. And they can mm. be delivered to your home within 24 yeah. hours, right? You're exactly now, that's, right. That's a retailer. Exactly right. That is a retailer that has not moved with the times. That is suffering. That is that is crying COVID 
and I'm saying that's not a COVID problem. Yeah. And then they, they, they're going into arrears and they're not paying and they're asking landlords to negotiate just because they haven't pivoted their business to accommodate the customer. It's like, come on. That is, yeah, that's a little hack for anyone in retail because you're exactly right. You're there to take do, the payment, you, take deliver the, the payment. item to the person's door. What do you mean it's in another store? You know, do you come back? How, how, okay, how long to get it? Oh, it's like, know. I don't care where it is, order it. When you order online, you don't know where it comes from, you just want it there. We'll have it that, delivered to your home to, tomorrow. You know what I mean? Like, what? And you're in the store, you're there, you've chosen what you want, you know the size that you're going to fit. Um, yeah. And it's like, and but now all the landlords like Westfield and, and, and I know people don't cry for the big, the big guys like that, but they're yeah. all getting it. All those landlords are getting nailed because the, mm. com- the, the retailers are not pivoting yep. and it's Nikki not COVID. Bar- yeah. Nikki Park has asked, what if your commercial tenant has shut down totally? Do they have to pay? Same thing. Great question. So, uh, and Nikki, I'll send you a link to a, a Mark and I did a, a great uh, a show on this as well. But the way the legislation was for commercial tenants, if you are closed, you get a hundred percent discount on no, you get a hundred percent. You don't have to pay a hundred percent of your rent. However, uh, you will have to pay back fifty percent of the rent, and you get two years to pay it back. So during the period you're closed, like a gym, and you cannot operate, you pay no rent. Um, but then it's, it's when not things, a closing, it, just to yeah. qualify that it's not a closing question. It's a, it's a zero revenue. Yeah. It's a uh, revenue question. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you've got 0% revenue, you pay zero rent, but you will be paying back 50%. So unfortunately the landlord does copper 50% in the bin and their tenants will pay and they've got two years to pay that back and you can't evict them for those arrears either. Two year payment plan. So back to the core of the topic, which is um, where would a landlord start advertising that property for, vac- for, for a tenant possibly vacating or how does that work? Because that's assuming the tenant's going to stay, Michael. Yeah, you're what exactly if- right. How does that work? Communication, communication. Just as much as you don't like your tenant in arrears, neither, most, 99% of them, neither do they. And if they don't feel there's a hope of recouping, um, then they may look to find a smaller property or do it or do something else. Um, so the communication would be you can't you you can't just market and kick them out because of it, but you can with their opinion, a lot, with their approval. Um, even though you, a lot of tenants couldn't be evicted, a lot of tenants were still moving. Mark, they they were seeing properties with great value, and even the, and they realised they may not be able to afford that property, or they can get a better property for less. A lot of people were moving. We leased like 50 properties last month. Um, yep. for residential and we're having one of our biggest months this month for commercial. So it is huge. There are people out there, but it just has that communication, um, which is the biggest thing. That's it. Well, that's a take. Have a, um, have a lovely, a lovely day, everyone, uh, Michael. And yeah, it's interesting times. Hey, va- uh, advertising your property that's vacant, that's coming up for vacancy our messages start as early as possible and heavily communicate with your tenant to see if they can stay. They may stay. It's not a good thing, particularly that they're going. So they may stay. You may work with them. Please consider how long it's going to be vacant for. Please consider the quality of any next tenant that's going to come in. Please consider the, um, uh, what was the other things we mentioned? 
uh, the rent, the consider, uh, yeah, they're, they're the main things. The the vacancy, the market rent may not be the rent they're paying. That's the biggest yeah. thing as well. So you may be so quick to throw them out, but you were getting 650, now it could be 500. So that's a big thing to, you need to factor it all in. The master the, stroke the, the, mar commercial. the marketing to find a tenant as well, Mark. Your letting fee, the marketing, the, uh, the vacancy, the market rent, all of it. All of it needs to be considered. And the masterstroke guys and girls that we've seen our, our um, commercial, um, clever commercial landlords do is they've assisted the tenants that have yes. qualified for JobKeeper and they've extended the term of the lease. That's yes. the kicker. That's the kicker. All righty, guys. Thank you for joining our 201 episode of Morning Minutes. <laughs> Love ya. Thank See you. Ya. Cheers all. Bye. Bye-bye-bye.